0: Father, in Jesus' name, we bless these testimonies, ask you to multiply them, may miracles take place as a result, your hand of mercy and grace upon all of the lives of the people in this place today, and we know, Lord, that you heal, and I pray right now that your Holy Spirit, that you would just go through and minister the healing of Jesus throughout this congregation today, We believe that you are the God who heals, believe, Lord, that you heal. Uh, just beyond, without, beyond measure. And we believe that today for those that are mentioned here feet, legs, uh, knees, backs, uh, uh, every aspect, anything, and strength that you give. Uh, we just right now pray that and speak that in each person. I command healing in every person's life, legs, ankles, ankles in this place, every, every part of our body, the, the way you formed it, we believe you're bringing it back the way you want. We've got work to do, Lord, and that is we believe the time is short. We believe things are drawing to a time, maybe the end of this age, Lord, but help us to be ready. Help us to get our hearts ready. Help us to get our spiritual lives ready before you. And dear God, that you would pour your spirit out upon Lighthouse Fellowship and all around this city and this nation and around the world. We invite you. We, we beckon you. We, we call upon you, O Lord, and ask that you do this today. Release dreams and visions and prophecies, as your word says. Release your power in your lives of your people, O God. Again, we may see the majesty, just as we sang, the majesty of Jesus, O God. One day every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Lord, we want to proclaim you today. We don't want to wait. We want to say thank you. We want to praise you. We want to lift up your holy name because, Lord, you are good. You're holy. You're righteous. And, oh, Lord, your your love endures forever and ever and ever throughout all generations. And we praise you today. There's no one like you. There's no other name under heaven by which men shall be saved but by the name of Jesus. Jesus, Yeshua, Amashia, we praise you today. We give you the praise, O oh God. And we ask even now that you would speak and let your word go forth. Because, dear God, today we need your word. We need your word, Lord. Fill our lives with your word, your truth, your presence. As we pray together in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to talk about a godly mother, Jehokabed, Moses' mother. (laughs) I believe we're in a spiritual drought, a crisis here in this country today. And I believe that God's doing something phenomenal. And we need to beckon and call upon the name of the Lord. We need to invite the Holy Spirit of God to move across this land again in our lives to renew us. I believe that also what he's doing is is for those who ask, dear God, for revival, renewal of your lives, which is individual and then revival of churches and communities, an awakening which goes further, and then reformation takes place. As far as just a spreading of God's word, I believe that's happening. If you desire that, I really feel like God's saying there's grace there to receive. Just open your heart. In Hebrews chapter 11, we'll look at verse 23, one verse. And it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. We must not be afraid of uh, those. We need to be respectful. And Romans chapter 13 talks about that. But when, when we know that man's law somehow violates God's law, we must obey God. Remember what the, the apostles say? The apostles said that, um, you know, he tell us to be quiet and stop preaching Jesus. We may have a time in this country to where people tell you to stop talking or tell me that I can't preach anymore about Jesus from this pulpit. We're going to have to obey God instead of man and then face the consequences, whatever they may be. But here's a mother, Jehokabed, Moses's mother, if it's actually taken from Exodus chapter 2, talks about her. You know the stories. The story about Moses there, um, which is a beautiful story about his life and what, how he came into being. I, I see this as the, sov- the sovereignty of God, how God is in control. When you think about it here, as far as what happened at this particular time of history. And I want to tell you, is that we need to uh, be just bold in our faith. And we need to stand up, stand up for Jesus. This is God's will for us to proclaim him. And uh, Jehokabed here, again, actually means Jehovah is our glory. Or possibly it could mean Jehovah is her glory. In other words, so there was a spiritual inheritance here that Jehokabed, Moses' mother, had inherited here. And we see in Exodus chapter 2, Jehokabed and her husband Amram found themselves in a difficult situation. They were slaves in Egypt, and she was pregnant with her third child, and not only did she didn't have any money, but she didn't have any liberty. And the king Pharaoh, you know the story, had passed new legislation, so to speak, and the law now was that every male child born to a Hebrew was to be thrown into the crocodile infested now. And that was because the Hebrew people were increasing in such number that actually he felt like, hey, they're going to overtake us, and then they're going to fight with our enemies, and they'll uh, destroy us. And so he wanted to do away with the male children. And, and so these people here, at, actually there at that particular time, were godly people of the tribe of Levi. And they, know, they knew that if they disobeyed, they not only risked the lives, their lives, but the lives of their two children, who were Miriam and Aaron. And Miriam was about 10, and Aaron was about 3 at this particular time. But they were thinking, maybe this baby would be a little girl. It didn't turn out that way. It was not a girl. You sometimes see, God does not always allow us to walk in the easy way. I pray, Lord, take this problem away. And I don't see anything wrong with that unless God tells you don't pray that way. But sometimes he doesn't take that problem away. He allows us to go through that, and he teaches us something through when we go through that particular time of our life. And he does that. No trial is wasted in the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you today, if you have prayed for your children, and maybe you have wayward children, or maybe nephews, or, or nieces, or grandchildren, and they don't know Jesus... I want to tell you, just like what Jerry has said, there is a sense of urgency in my heart that we need to be on our knees praying that they would come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do not want to see people going out into eternity without Jesus Christ. My heart is burdened. Jerry just was, was burdened today sharing about this when we talk about these things. Because we don't like to talk about them. They're confronting the reality of this, life is slipping away. You know, how many months has it been since Harvey hit? I mean, it's gone by fast for some of us who did renovations and so forth. It, it seemed like, my goodness, it was eternity. But in reality, look at your life. Look at, at, at how fast life is passing. It's the same for everybody else. And we need to be on our knees praying for those that are not saved. And the Bible tells us that Jehokabat and her husband were aware of a special call on Moses' life here. I want to say this today. All children have a call upon their lives from the Lord. All children are precious in God's sight. The question is, what are parents going to do with this call? Are they going to pray and they? until they see this child's destiny and purpose put into place to where they can walk with the Lord. And our prayers, even like what Betty has said this morning. There always be our children, our babies, and so forth, no matter how old they are. And we continue to pray. And even if they're walking with the Lord, we need to pray for them that they would walk in a deeper manner with the Lord, that deep calls unto deep. We need to pray that God would would just bring them to that place that He would have them to be, that they're in the, the, the will, the perfect will of God. Our culture has such influence upon us today that it's frightening. We want to go with the, flow, with the flow. We want to go the way the world is going. And God said, no, you're going to go, be going upstream. And that's what we see. You need to pray that this happened here. Think about the dilemma. To save the child's life means civil disobedience. And I know sometimes, you know, um, we think, well, do I risk my life? Yes, you risk your life. You do not obey the government or whatever if it goes against what God has said we've got to get that we're facing a time that we could come up against the point where we will have to make a decision of whether or not we will obey God or obey the civil authorities and this is what they were facing at this time here and we know obviously in Acts chapter 5 when the authorities told the apostles that they couldn't preach in Jesus' name did they submit to that? No They said here, we ought to obey God rather than man, Acts chapter 5, verse 29. When Daniel was told not to pray, what did he do? He went right on. And you know what happens when you obey God and you do what he told you? When the word of the Lord comes to you and you obey God, you know what happens? He honors that and he protects us and he blesses us. The problem is we're scared to death that someone says we can't do this and we can't do that, and it's about Jesus. And what has happened in our culture today is we're driven God out of the schools, we've driven God out of every aspect of of this country, and the liberals are continuing to pound that over and over and over again. I want to tell you, it's coming to a stop. And the church house is the place where the light of Jesus is going to shine forth. We've got to, obviously, something down deep has got to convict us down there, the Spirit of the Lord, to to say we are no longer going to take all of this. We're going to stand for truth. We're going to stand upon the Word of God. Look at Planned Parenthood down here on 45. Look at what happens down there number of abortions that have taken place in the people we haven't stood and and so forth. There's a change that's coming. And you and I are part of this because God desires that all people come. And people are precious in God's sight. In verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they weren't afraid of the king's command. Their faith overcame their fear. We learned this past week on Wednesday night about what actually uh, the leaven that the Bible talks about. In um, Matthew, the, the book, it says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know, the leaven is actually letting the world come in. And one of those leavens is actually being politically correct. And and, you know, sometimes you may rail at the TV when you see this nonsense called political correctness instead of people speaking the truth and being bold in what they believe. Instead of that, we have watered down everything. And you know what all of this leaven comes from? There is the leaven of heaven, good leaven. But we know what what that actually comes from? The fear of man. The Bible says that the fear of man is a snare not going to get you anywhere. In fact, God does not honor that when we're afraid. You stand up on what you know is right and on truth. And Jehocabat was doing that because she knew that Pharaoh could take her life. But look what happened when she was obedient here. Obviously, it was after um, three months. It became obvious they couldn't any longer hide little Moses. So they made a little waterproof basket. And sent his 10-year-old sister, think about it, to, to place him in the Nile River. Miriam, a 10-year-old girl, took him down to the river and here. And then we see God rewarding their faith. The sovereign God, sovereign means he's in control. He's working, he's orchestrating things in your life and my life that we can never, ever imagine if we'll believe it and we'll stand in faith upon that. The sovereign God who directed them to do this was also directing Pharaoh's daughter down to the river. Here she comes. She didn't know the Lord. She just thought she was coming down for a bath. But God had her right where he wanted her. The moment she heard little Moses crying, God softened her heart. She sent her maid to get the baby, and she knew immediately it was a Hebrew boy. Her own father had ordered that baby's death, and without God's intervention, she would have been the first to have the baby drowned in the river. But God... Have you heard that phrase before? But God. I love to hear, but God. He had a different, different set of circumstances. He had a different thing that he was going to do. But God here, and those are beautiful words in, in our lives and other people's lives, but God put compassion in this woman's heart. And she looked into the eyes of the baby, and, and there she was wondering what to do next. And here comes Miriam. God has given this little 10-year-old girl wisdom for the moment. Exodus chapter 2. I'll read it. And then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. Go and do it. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. The child's mother. And then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. So they, (laughs) is that something? It makes me chuckle too. God had Jehokabed sought out, Miriam went and got her, and here Jehokabed is nursing Moses. Hallelujah. And then even from that is that they paid Jehokabed to nurse her own son. How can that be? Because we serve a big God. Everybody getting it in here? Don't go past this point until you get what I'm saying. Amen. We obviously have a great, big, awesome God. Hallelujah. Amen. And he does this on a regular basis. This is who he is. It's his word. He took it and turned it around. You know Romans eight twenty eight. That obviously he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And we go, yeah, 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 I've known that scripture. But he does it. And he does it over and over again. He manipulates circumstances. Dan and Joanne Binky are going to Winchester, Virginia this next week and going to meet up with family. Uh, Dan's biological family. I don't know how Dan is. I don't talk about people's age, but you know Dan Binky. And he found his biological family at his age. And they're going up there for a big family reunion, a big celebration. Hallelujah. Praise God. And God was putting it on the heart of his family up north and put it on the heart of his daughter to start doing research and DNA and all this other stuff. And God worked it all out. And here they're going up there. And he's going to proclaim Jesus because I've already talked to him. Hallelujah. God is a God can do well abundantly more, immeasurably more than all we think or ask. And he was doing it. pay paid the mama, Jehokabed, to nurse her own baby. How can that be? God was giving favor to Moses and the family. God had everything under control when it looked like he had nothing under control. Do you think Jehokabed and her husband might have been tempted early on to get angry with God? And here the Hebrew, Hebrews have all these great promises from God that came down through Abraham. We're going to be blessed and be a blessing. You, you here are slaves to the ungodly Egyptians, and they seem to be the ones blessed, and we got nothing. And if that weren't bad enough, now they're killing our baby boys. What if Jehokab and her husband had thought that way? Then they would have come into a, a situation with this negative thinking, Oh, poor me, and we go into a pity party. And let me tell you today, God does not honor pity parties. He honors faith, belief, trust. Anybody, don't raise your hand because, boy, I'll get, some, I'll get calls or y'all will talk to me at the door. By the way, I'm not going to the door anymore. <laughs> if you want to see me, you can come up front. <laughs> pity parties. I've learned something. Don't go into a situation with negativism. Go into the situation with faith. Go into the situation believing God. Don't start with negativism because you'll go downhill from that point and you're already low. And I'm not saying that obviously we don't hit bad situations. Don't, don't, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying God is changing our thinking. Don't go into it negativism and, and, and oh poor me and man I'm angry about this and, and I'm hurt by this and all this and so forth and God says I'm your healer, I'm your deliverer, I'm all your need I'm your portion, I'm all you need look to me, pray, believe me I can deliver and this story is a prime example here of what coming in with the right, right mind fr- frame and the frame of mind here you know, we don't learn to operate out of, out of uh, negative thinking. We learn to operate out of a transformed mind, a renewed mind. And, and obviously, how did Jesus view the problems? How did he do it? Oh, I love it because I go back, and I've gone back a lot, and I talk a lot about it. The, the 5,000, and the 5,000, and they had the five loaves and the, uh, the fish, the two little sardines. And and they're going we're in bad shape because there's no 7-Eleven. There's no stop and go. There's no Valero. There's none of these things out here. And they're hungry. And probably they get angry when they're hungry. So what are we going to do? And Jesus looked at them and said, you feed them. Go ahead, feed them. Well, the only thing (laughs) we've got here is a little boy with his lunch. (laughs) Obviously, if the little boy had that, then he probably ate a lot. It still was not very much because the little boy had lunch, and that was in his lunch. And Jesus looked at him probably and said, oh, you have a little faith. And then the 5,000, and then he did it with the 4,000. And then they were crossing, I believe, the Sea of Galilee. And remember, they're like, Lord, aren't you afraid? We're getting ready to drown here. The word of the Lord had sent them across to the other side, and they were still scared to death. And he says, haven't you learned anything after feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000? You've seen miracles galore in your lives. Haven't you learned anything? Remember? He said, I'm not talking about the bread. I'm talking about a spiritual, obviously, more than just a principle, a spiritual fact that goes deeper than that. And then they realized what was going on. Miracles are happening in my life every day and your life every day and the Church of Lighthouse Fellowship every day. But we've got to have this, get rid of this hard heart that doesn't believe in what God does. And we've got to come like little children with childlike faith and just believe God. He can do it, but don't come negatively. Now, the situation obviously brings temptations to think that way. You know, you're tempted to wonder why God's running your life the way he is, and you know, when you can't see or hear what God is doing, we were learning this past week about that, then go back, and you know, I sometimes say, Lord, what are you doing here? I can't see what you're doing, I can't hear what you're doing, it's like the Lord is saying, remember what I have done in your life. Good, David remembered, he remembered, and he was encouraged by it, go back and do what God told you to do. You want to find out what God's will is, go back. If you're not seeing and you're not hearing anything, he's not directing you through his word or his still small voice or through circumstances, go back and do what he originally told you to do and keep going from that point on. Remember, it's very powerful. Uh, So it's powerful. Jehokab had to trust God with her baby here. Here is our lesson from Jehokab learn to trust God with your kids your kids, learn okay, obviously obey God every step of the way but ultimately the child's well-being is in the hands of the Lord, God took care of Moses and he had a plan, and the words, remember there's a will, there's a purpose there's a destiny on every child, just like Moses, same thing Moses was a man, God's plan. The same way with our children, pray until you see the purposes of God somehow manifested in and through that child's life. And it may be an adult that's walked away from the Lord. It may be your child is not serving the Lord. The child may not be in church, may not in any way be in serving the Lord. Keep praying, don't give up. Be encouraged by, by this story here today. Obviously, God took care of this situation Pharaoh's daughter paid Jehokabat to take care of Moses. You know, um, God's financial program for for people is that he will take care of us. He rained down manna from heaven. He he took them through the Red Sea. They're miracles. These are not just kind of myths or fairy tales that we sort of look and say, hey, they're pretty interesting. These are the word of God. He'll take us through every situation that we face in our lives. It may not be easy. But he'll give us strength. He'll give us power to overcome. Hallelujah. Praise God. We know that Jehokab had used that time, obviously, to teach Moses about God. And that was risky also because they could have been killed. They could have got caught, got executed, and so forth. But by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin esteeming the approach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, he looked to the reward. It was spoken earlier. Look beyond what our circumstances are. Look to eternity. Look at the spiritual things. Look beyond your circumstances and watch your faith be in. Well, It will be increased. Increase. And also I believe faith obviously is more caught than taught, but teaching also is involved. Praise the Lord. Good story, amen? Because it's from the Word. Our prayers are powerful. Remember, no prayers are wasted. Your prayers do not evaporate. I think it's Revelation chapter 5 where it says, the prayers of the saints go up like incense before the throne of God, and they're put in a bowl. And it's kind of like, I always think about it in my P mind, but just sort of like they're collected in the bowl. And then at the right time, God pours out the answers. These prayers are not wasted. Moms praying for their children or their grandchildren or their family because they're not saved. They're not in church. They need to be in church. They need to be in where the word of God is being proclaimed. Pastor Sewell last week at the men's breakfast, he spoke to that. And said, so get your family in here. Tell them, get in church. Get in church. Get family in here. Just family alone would pack the place out. Get family in here and allow family to be here. Encourage people to come in. Whoever God sends your way, encourage that. People need to be in church. They need to be here in the word of God. It's not about me and not whether or not I preach a good, mediocre or whatever sermon. It's not about that, although we want to be prepared. It's about Jesus. God will speak to you if you have an open heart, but also don't give up your prayers will be heard and are being heard by the Lord at the right time. I believe that there is a movement of the Lord to bring backsliders back into the church. A young man, remember I talked to you uh, one Wednesday night here after our, our teaching, and um, his name's Ryan, and he was sitting out here on the uh, steps. And I was went out to talk with him because it was afterwards, and he was just sitting there. So I asked him, I, I said, what do you, what's going on? And he said, well, I, he had heard where Cynthia Payton, one of the pastors of this church in the past, had passed away. And I said, that's right. It was been several weeks ago. And he said, I'm just sitting here. I said, you come to this church? He said, yes, I did. And I said, well, um, and Cynthia maybe was a pastor at that time. He said, she said, yes. And I said, well, you're thinking about her. You're, gr- you're grieving her loss. It was evidently, she meant she's special to you. And she goes, yeah. The little boy, I came in. He'd probably gotten, he'd gotten the word of God, the, the teaching and all. And here he is, probably, he's probably 25, seemed to be. I guess, guess his age. And so I, uh, I said, yeah. And I said, you know, he goes, you're worried about Cynthia? He goes, yeah. He goes, I said, Cynthia's in heaven. So she had trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and he he listened and I said you want to see her when you take your last breath and you die he goes yeah I said then I want to encourage you take Christ into your life to forgive you your sins and give you eternal life he listened to me and I said you know It's important to know that because I said, you're young right now, but time flies. And I said, you don't know when you will step out here or get in your car and something will happen in the car and you'll go out into eternity. The question is whether or not you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I said, there's only two places you go. One is to heaven and one is to hell. And I explained to him, I said, you want to go to heaven now? I said, and then you need to ask Christ to come in your life because something's happening in your life. I said, I don't know all God's doing, but you're not here just by accident. You're here because God has sent you here to sit on these steps of this church because something happened in this place that you remember as a little boy. He said, yeah. And so I asked him, I said, can I pray with you? And I did, and we prayed. He stood up, and you know, I'm tall. He's a big old boy. I said, you're a big old boy. He said, yeah. But he got real serious with me about it. And I said, you think about what I told you. So Gov, I think you talked to him, didn't you, go, His name's Ryan. Gov talked to him. Because he told Gov, he said, I'm an atheist. He's an atheist. I don't believe anything. Oh, yeah, you do. Or you'd never say you're an atheist. The people out there today that... You wouldn't see any semblance of maybe what's happening. And down deep, when you really, when when things start happening down deep, they begin to reveal what, what is happening within them. And that's what Ryan was doing with me and, and God. He's proclaiming that. But I believe one thing. When God gets a hold of you, you can run, but you can't hide. Isn't that right? Did God get a hold of you? He got a hold of me. I was trying to hide kind of like Adam and he says, Adam where are you you know it's kind of like God didn't know where he was oh yeah he knew right where he was but he got a hold of me and like that song says that I appreciate so much it's going all over the world now he left the 99 and, and came after the one isn't that wonderful there's something happening pray for Ryan would you I believe our prayers will somehow that he'll, he'll be confronted with a decision to make For Jesus Christ. Because he wasn't here by accident. He didn't show up. You see the things that are happening in our lives. We believe just are coincidental. Are not. They're not coincidental. They're actually being ordained and orchestrated. By a sovereign God. The same one. That manipulated. And and orchestrated. Pharaoh. And his daughter. To take care of Moses. Said all those things of history. That we read in the scriptures today. He's working it out. And he's putting people in our path, in our families, that truly will reveal and declare his glory. Amen. Give your heart to Jesus today. Maybe you need to do that afresh. Maybe you need to just say, Lord, I want you as Lord of my life again. I've neglected you because I believe something's happening. And I believe that time could be short. And we need to make Jesus, what, what we're learning about, whether it be in Sunday school or whatever, we we have a sense of urgency that people that are going out without Jesus Christ in their lives, and we need to be, obviously, the light that shines in the darkness. And we can't be the light that Jesus would have if we're walking like the world walks. And I'm not saying I'm become a prude and, and all this other stuff that we have... in in the pious, sometimes the pious nature. I'm saying live life like you do, but ask God to fill you. Ask God. You know you say, I need to be filled. You know what you need to do? Witness to other people. When you witness to other people, you get filled. Hallelujah. Just share about what God has done in your life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth. Oh, what a lesson uh, about Moses Jehokabat. She nursed her own son because of the the sovereignty of God and actually was paid for. The blessing, the favor of God. I ask you to set our hearts on fire, oh God. We pray that we wouldn't miss this moment. We wouldn't miss this season of time. That you're so awesome and doing things that we would never, ever imagine. That's who the mysteries of God. But the bottom line is you love people. And I pray today that every person here would obviously just, just get a, a breath of, of, of fresh air being the Holy Spirit of God in their lungs, dear Lord, in their life that be filled with him and his presence, oh God. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to do that today in this congregation. Release that. Release just a, a greater measure of anointing of the Lord upon every person. and and the reality of your presence in our lives, and your holiness, your, your, your worthiness, oh God. We pray that today. Bless this congregation. And we thank you for your presence here this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.